It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Pictures Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss, and I'm joined today by Buzzy Cohen. Sarah, thanks for having me. How have we survived this weekend with the kind of cliffhanger that this TOC has put us in? What a set of games. I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I know. And I think we were speechless in the studio on those days as well. You know, you... You put together 21 incredible champions. You have this new tournament format. You can't anticipate how it will go, who will end up in the finals, and how they will play out. And, you know, we, we, can't, we can't script this stuff. It's, it's a quiz show, but boy, yeah. we are so happy with how it's going. We've got our professor. We've got the dark horse. We've got, you know, the, let's call it the vice goat, maybe, Amy ah, Schneider. Goat 2.0, I goat think 2.0. someone referred yeah. to her as as well. <laughs> um, and, and also three players with really different style. I'm sure we'll get into it as we get into the games. But man, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. And Sam Buttry, I was looking back. I first auditioned him for the show back when I was helping out in the contestant department during COVID. Yeah. It was May of 2020. He commented that I was left-handed. He is as well. You know, I just couldn't have thought back then that he's in the finals of the TOC along with Amy and Andrew. As you mentioned, Buzzy, five fantastic games last week, including that dramatic come from behind win by Sam at the end of the week. Wow. I know you all know at this point that it's the first player to secure three victories. Who will be declared our 2022 Tournament of Champions winner? So now as we head into the second week of the finals, There are potentially only two more games. Mm. So much excitement, but let's get into the discussion of last week's games. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com jeopardy. Masterclass.com jeopardy. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, 
Make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Ah, the beep boops. <laughs> All right, well, we couldn't possibly discuss the finals without this guy. Joining us, the enabler, senior researcher, and gameplay analyst, Michael Harris. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, Buzzy. Glad How's to be going? back. Such a great addition to the pod, Michael. Well, thank you very much. All right, well, on Monday, we kicked off these finals in the TOC with, as Ken noted, a boomer, a Gen Xer, and a millennial. I like to call this game a daily double difference. The play in the Jeopardy round was even, and though Andrew didn't get in a lot, he did get the daily double, which helped him stay competitive in that round. Amy had the lead at the end of the round with Sam close behind. Andrew found the first daily double early in the DJ round, wagering everything and that gave him the lead with the correct response. Sam then found the second daily double, but a gutsy wager and an incorrect response dropped him. Andrew had a strong lead going into final. Sam got final correct, but wagered nothing, and Amy missed the final with a huge wager of $10,000. Andrew wagered big to cover Amy, and in doing so, got the win with a correct response. Yeah, this was one of those where Sam made the right move on that daily double. If you add 12,000, you know, the six he lost plus six, you know, he's in the lead going into a final that that he got correct. Uh, And I also think that was a savvy wager. With his zero bet, if uh, Andrew had missed it as Amy did, Sam's a winner in this first match. Yeah, totally. I think he was just playing. He was hedging his bets, knowing the gameplay of both his opponents and thinking, hmm, maybe, like you said, if they both get it wrong, I will eke it out without losing anything and actually almost steal a win in a way. Yeah. And a a lot of people last week on Twitter and on Instagram were commenting about Matt's zero bet. We posted that clip. Um, Once again, here you can see if you actually drill down the numbers, sometimes the zero bet from a a second or third place is much more strategically advantageous. Um, You know, don't just comment on our Instagram when you disagree with a wager. Join us at Inside Jeopardy where we will break it down for you. Yes, and Sam said (laughs) leading into this TOC, you know, he knew he was going to play differently. He had to play differently than he did in the professor's tournament. He was going to swing for the fences on those daily doubles, and I think this was a smart wager. I don't know if you guys have taken a look at this, but all three of our finalists, what's going on in Northern California? Oh, my gosh. Because they are all three from within about 120 miles of each other. We've got Amy from Oakland, Andrew from San Francisco, Sam from Pacific Grove. So I think, I don't know, something something in the water up there in Northern California bringing us these incredible champions. So here we go. We head into Tuesday. Andrew confidently secured that first win. But now we're going into game two. Before we get into this game, I do want to say I think Andrew really had something to prove to himself and to everyone. He had said, right, that he wanted another chance at Amy. So I think he really felt like, all right, I've got that one under my belt. I can do this. And I think when you're going up against a player like Amy, you need that kind of little confidence boost to carry you forward. So I think, you know, I, I, I saw a change in his demeanor after that win. 
And this was a rematch so many people wanted totally. to see happen. I mean, we've been talking about it since Amy first defeated Andrew back yep. on his sixth game, which would have been a sixth win. We didn't know we'd see it. Here we are. So far, it's playing out really well. Let's head into Tuesday's game. I like to call this game all guts, but no glory. It's a bit like second verse, same as the first, with a competitive Jeopardy round, with Andrew finding the daily double, going all in again, taking a strong lead after his correct response. In double Jeopardy, Amy found the first daily double, giving her a chance to take the lead, and she did. Andrew then found the second daily double, wagered it all, and got it right back to him, back in the lead. Amy battled back at the end of the round, was just shy of Andrew's lead. It came down to wagering and final. It was 0 for 3 as everyone missed final, and perhaps too gutsy a wager by Andrew, which put him in third place, giving Amy her first finals win. Yes, here we go. Second place wagering. Exactly. This is where it works out. Yeah, and I actually, I'm not mad at Andrew for betting that bet either. I think that's, you know. If you have the lead. If yeah. you have the lead, you kind of have to. And again, like we've we've discussed, you're imagining everyone's getting it right or everyone's getting it wrong. I think in first place, if you're going in in first place and you get the correct response and you don't win because you didn't wager enough, that's a tough feeling. So I, I don't think that Andrew was feeling bad about how he played this. No, I, I don't think he. Sh- I don't think he should feel bad. It was one of those things, like you had mentioned. He came in with a little bit more confidence. Yeah. And as Sarah, you know, mentioned having now finally defeated Amy, he kind of felt like, okay, I can, I can own maybe uh, a little bit more landscape in these games. Yeah, and I think with a names the same category, you know, you're going to get two clues. It's a bit like a before and after or something like that, where you've got two ways into it. And so I think it makes sense to be a little bit more aggressive, maybe, because, you know, if you didn't know the famous phrase, maybe you knew the novelist or one or the other. Uh, I think, you know, people got caught up a little bit on the famous phrase. But uh, this was a tough one. But who knows? Sam could have gotten it correctly and yeah. and had the win. I mean, he had a smart wager, I think, of zero. Because totally. if Andrew and Amy had you know, knocked each other out. Obviously, Amy made a smart wager for a second. It proves to be smart. It's, you know, hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty, right? Like, exactly. that was the perfect wager. Sam, in this game, I have to point out, his pop culture knowledge Incredible. is off the charts. Incredible. He rings in with, who is Doja Cat? Like, it just rolls off the tongue. Ken says, you're a fan, I can tell. And we learned in this game that Sam is a musician. Yeah. Now, if you have not <laughs> had a chance to check out SoundCloud, I just want to play a little bit of one of my favorite Sam Buttry hits. Don't put your cat butt in my face. Don't put your cat butt in my face. Don't put your cat butt in my face. I could get a puppy and you could be replaced. Don't you put your cat butt in my face. Okay, I I now can't get that song out of my head. Thank you. Uh, The Jeopardy fan even posted a photo. It was him with a cat butt Andy, in his yeah. face and said what at Sam Buttry hit is best described by this selfie. So <laughs> it's it's going to go viral, Sam. If you're not known already as being an incredible Jeopardy champion, your music skills, your mad music skills, I'm, I'm here to say I love it. And I'm singing the tunes. <laughs> All right. We head into Wednesday's game for our third match. We've got Amy right now at one, Andrew at one. What does this game bring? 
Third game, third day, third match, third time around is not the charm. This Jeopardy round was about as even as it gets. Amy and Andrew finished the round tied for the lead with Sam looking for his first win, and he was close behind. Amy found the first daily double at the start of the double Jeopardy round, wagering almost all of her total, but an incorrect response dropped her into third place. Sam took a strong lead, but the second daily double and another all-in wager put Andrew back in first place. Sam did manage to take back the lead heading into final with Andrew at his heels. Amy got final correct, but it really was between Andrew and Sam. Both got final wrong, but Andrew, with a conservative wager, secured his second win of the finals. So this was um, an interesting game, and this was when um, Michael Peterson Davies has alluded that I was, we were discussing clue selection. This was the first time I saw a little bit of a crack in our champion's clue selection strategy, um, there was the compound words category. And after that daily double had been found in that category, Sam went back to that category when there was still another daily double on the board. Now, it's not the end of the world, but you know when you're playing at this level against these players, you have to keep that in mind. How many daily doubles are left? Where was the last one found, etc.? So I just, you know, Tomorrow's game is really where it goes down, but I started to see that show up here. At the start of the game, I just want to point out, they must have seen your TOC because (laughs) there was a little choreography. Um, You know, Sam pointed to Andrew, who pointed to Amy. Ken pointed back at them. Take us back. What did you do in your TOC? Well, I was part of a um, two-day total point affair, Uh. TM, um, and we did... (laughs) On our first day, we did the robot down the line where we were passing it down the line and then Alex came out walking like a robot. And then our second day, we did the um, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And then Alex came out and said, I'm dealing with three monkeys. So (laughs) we really paved the way for the coordinated intros, which I'm happy to see continuing. Yeah. Fans enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun when you're up there to do something together. So many great things you've started. Buzzy, you know, (laughs) those, the championship belt. Yeah, just just trying. Another contribution. Yeah. We can't move on from this game without discussing Final Jeopardy. Obviously, there's been a lot of commentary online. Just to remind everyone the clue, Paul's letter to them is the New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotations. Correct response, what is Hebrews? Just want to talk a bit about, you know, I understand authorship traditionally is attributed to Paul, although some say uncertain. And in that case, there's only one New Testament epistle with the most Old Testament quotes, and it is Hebrews. Now, I want to point out that a lot of research goes into these, and you are our head researcher, Michael. We have you right here. So can you kind of uh, walk us through this process? Yeah, I definitely can, Sarah. So when it comes to Bible categories, because there are various versions of the Bible, we have taken it upon ourselves as a show to use the King James Version of the Bible as our Bible of Bibles, so to speak. And we've kind of let the world know. So for the most part, when contestants come, they kind of know that we are referencing the King James Bible. Um, This clue in particular, we also reached out to a seminarian who had verified that our information as written in the clue was correct. And that's when we went ahead and we're like, okay, we feel secure in our doing this clue. We usually 
especially with Bible clues, we try to go that extra mile. So we actually reached out to someone who has more Bible and theological knowledge than us. So we felt pretty sound in this clue as it stood. Well, also, I mean, the King James Bible calls it Paul's letter to the epistles. That's how it's titled. So I also think, as we discussed, Jeopardy is not going to phrase a clue to be tricky like that. That's why we reach out to experts quite often, because we don't want, we're not here to try to fool the contestants in any way. And as always, and we've mentioned this a gazillion times, we want to be correct in every which way that we can. And we do work hard at trying to get to that point. And on that note, a quick word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's in your career, relationships, or parenting. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next best thing. I've personally found that therapy is beneficial in helping me figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It's like dating, but for mental health. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash InsideJ. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash InsideJ. Ah, the best kind of notification. That's another sale on Shopify, the platform trusted by millions of entrepreneurs to create their online store and so much more. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person point-of-sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you can too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, whether they're eBooks or eyewear. Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. So when you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash jeopardy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash jeopardy to start selling today. Shopify.com slash jeopardy. And now back to Inside Jeopardy. All right, we headed into Thursday's game with Andrew He just one win away from a TOC victory. I'd like to call this game Do or Die. Amy went on a tear in the Jeopardy round, answering 16 clues correctly with zero mistakes and finished the round with a huge lead. Sam, unfortunately, was unable to find his rhythm with the buzzer. However, in the double Jeopardy round, Sam did find a groove and the first daily double. He wagered everything putting him just off the lead with a correct response. Amy, of course, then found the second daily double and made a conservative wager to take back the lead. 
It became a battle between Amy and Sam, but at the end of the round, Amy had the lead. It was a crucial final in this fourth game, another 0 for 3 with each of them getting final wrong, but aggressive wagers by Andrew and Sam dropped them below Amy, who now tied Andrew at two wins each. And this is the first time we really see the strategy for this type of TOC. It's first to three wins. Amy knows Andrew can't win, no matter what. More important than her winning is Andrew not winning. Exactly. And her wager in final reflects that. Sam didn't end up getting it correct. Neither did Andrew. Amy wins. But I just thought that was really interesting. This is not something you see in a two-day total point affair. This is new to TOC. Yeah, there's a lot of of gamemanship. Totally. Well, I actually, I'm going to go back again and talk about some clue selection stuff that I thought was a little off. One, um, I've noticed that Amy often goes for the special, like the video clues. In this case, it was the silent films. You're never going to find a Daily Double there. And I, I find it interesting that how often she goes there. But she has talked about that. And that's actually a strategy for her. Because Tell me about it. She thinks that, you know, that's not where you're going to get into buzzer rhythm. And so she kind of wants to let those clues play and not have someone get oh. on a run on the buzzer to find the Daily Devil. So that's an intentional choice by her that she's spoken about. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, yeah. that is the one thing that a video clue will do. It's kill momentum. It'll kill momentum. I mean, yeah. you run the risk of also... If you're on a streak, right? Well, that's messing you know, up your own. But without a doubt, it throws you know everyone off for a second because it slows the game down just a hair, and um, it's hard for people to kind of get but back. I'm looking at Amy coming off uh, 16 correct responses. You know, 70 percent buzzer accuracy, 100 percent correct. I don't want to change the pace of this game. I want this game to keep rolling. My opinion. The other part of clue selection that I thought was a little uh, interesting was that after the daily double in the far out category, Sam went back to that category twice with the daily double still hanging out there. And then Amy gets control and goes back to far out again. You know, Amy ended up finding the daily double, but these are the kinds of things. If you're a, a player at home, you're trying to t- tighten up your game. A lot of players talk about where do you find the daily doubles? How do you do your clue selection strategy? arguably as important as wagering strategy. I think, you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of nerves for Sam, obviously. We have so many games down, but I've I found not only in this tournament, but in games in general, you know, if there's anything I'd like to say, you are not beholden to answer the clue of the higher value if you call it. And I feel that some of right. the contestants feel oh, I, I'm not going to call like the $2,000 clue because if I do, somehow they're guaranteed to have to answer it. And oftentimes they'll miss a daily double in that spot simply because they'll, like you said, they'll jump in the same category or go to a lower uh, yeah. value clue. And that I don't understand, but I just want to put that out there. <laughs> you can call for a, a clue, but you don't have to answer. Uh, one thing I think that was interesting that Ken pointed out at the top of the show is just how close these contestants are in their correct responses. So heading into this game, Amy had responded correctly to 54 clues. Sam, just one clue behind at 53. And Andrew, still impressive with 47, but it really speaks to his true daily double wagering yeah. and why he was so much in this, even having responded correctly to less clues. So... This was another great game, and we prepare to end the week with our fifth game of the finals. 
Andrew and Amy, each with two wins, Sam in a do-or-die situation. This is a very interesting game that I'd like to title Between a Rock and a Hard Place. It was a crucial game. Sam was in the red in the Jeopardy round, but he clawed his way out towards the end of the round. In the double Jeopardy round, Andrew found the first daily double. He wagered everything and responded correctly to take the lead from Amy at that moment. In a huge turning point of the game, he immediately found the second daily double, wagered everything. But as I often say, the daily double giveth and it can taketh away. And in this case, Andrew lost it all. Going into final, Amy was in the lead. Final came down to wagers. Andrew wagered almost everything but got it wrong. Sam bet the house and, with a correct response, doubled his score. It came down to Amy, who wagered conservatively, to hedge against Andrew getting that third win. And despite getting final correct, Sam finished with the highest score and notched his first win. You could see Sam's excitement, but you could see Amy's frustration because she knew right then she had won the TOC, if not for protecting against Andrew. It's a tough place. To, you know, this format has its own weird quirks of strategy. You know, part of the appeal is players are going to play full out. But also, if you're in a situation like this, it makes more sense for Amy to cover just to prevent Andrew from winning versus blocking Sam. Sam's not a threat. He hasn't gotten on the board yet. So, okay, if Sam wins, that's better than much better than Andrew winning. She can fight another day. So we're seeing uh, some interesting strategic uh, aspects play out in this new format. Oh, totally. The roar of applause for Sam (laughs) in the audience. I've never heard anything quite like it. You know, he's kind of just gone along, been a great sport, been so much fun to watch throughout this competition. And now he gets a win. He is alive. Anything can happen next week. You know, I think everyone, like you said, Sarah, was just rooting for Sam to at least get one game in there. And you could see him every game. He was on that buzzer, his determination. And you can look at his wagers in final all the time. He's like, I got to go in big because I really want this. And I was very happy to see that he got on the board. And going into game five, knowing that it could be over, that he didn't let that affect him. Totally. Like if you're if you've lost four games in a row, you might think you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I can't hang with these champions. But then he comes off, he pulls off a win, and I think it's just such a testament to him as a player. Great totally. attitude. Great attitude. And I gotta say, um, whether or not they know it, there are households that are being torn apart. I spoke to someone on the phone earlier today and he's like, you know, my guy Sam, blah 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 blah. And I hear his wife say, Sam, I'm rooting for Amy. <laughs> You know, there's someone for everyone in this finals, and it is it's incredible. And this week of shows was... It did not disappoint. Did not disappoint. And even watching them back again, even yeah. after being there in the studio, it was still just as exciting. So I can't imagine what it was like for everyone watching at home for the first time. That wraps up week one of the TOC finals. And now we're going to head into game six today. You won't want to miss it. Michael Harris, thank you for joining us again. My pleasure, Sarah. Such a great addition. And I'm sure you'll be back on next week's pod to wrap up the TOC because you know what? We know no matter what, it is ending this week. Today or tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. I'll come back. Okay, time now for viewer questions. Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Here we go. Josh Wu, our season 20 Kids Week class of 2003. Wow, I can't even believe that he was 10 to 12 then and is now a lot older. This is more for Buzzy. He says, Hmm. I think it's easy for a lot of viewers to forget that you tape five shows in a day, and I feel there's an element of mental endurance, not just for the returning champion each day, but for the contestants waiting in the wings. I know when I finally got on the last show of the day after waiting all day to play... Nerves had made me pretty tired before I even pressed the buzzer once. What advice would you offer to prospective contestants to build that kind of endurance that's required for an exciting but mentally taxing taping day? That is a great question, Josh. And I've actually thought and worked a lot at this. Um, If you're interested, I have an audio book called Get Ready that details kind of some of the preparation I did. Um, I would do... Uh, exercise, literal physical exercising while I was studying to try to, you know, get my mind to the place where when you are kind of exhausted, blanked out, how do you come up with those uh, bits of knowledge that are in there? They're in your brain. The other thing that I would do and I would recommend other people to do is to do your studying or preparation or whatever you're doing at different times of day so that you can prepare for those different mental states. It is incredibly, incredibly hard to stay focused, both waiting in the wings and being on the stage playing. So just whatever you can do. For me, a lot of physical exercise really helped me to be able to kind of process that the stresses, the mental stresses of that. I've seen video of Buzzy actually (laughs) deadlifting while his trainer is quizzing him on Jeopardy material. So, you know, if you want to go to the very extreme, do what Buzzy does. And I'm sure there's somewhere in the middle, but I think it's great training and obviously it proved to work for you, Buzzy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people ask like, oh, do you try to like do something more zen and like calm down? But you also don't want to like get too relaxed. You want to stay alert. So I feel like sometimes finding that thing for you that helps you stay right. alert, but not, you know, totally on edge and, and depleted uh, is important. And, you know, I was lucky. I, I think almost every time I was on the show, I played in one of the first or the second game. But doing back-to-back tape days, my second day, I remember being very exhausted. My feet hurt, my back hurt. You know, James has talked about practicing standing up in those shoes. I started practicing standing up before my TOC, all that kind of stuff, wearing the clothes that you're going to wear for your tape day so that they're comfortable. All that kind of stuff makes a big difference because you know you're going to be stressed. You cannot be not stressed. But what you can do is eliminate as many additional stressors as possible. All right. 
Thanks again for the question. Always happy to talk more about this. Find me on Twitter, at Buzztronics, and I'll talk your ear off. Uh, Nathan (laughs) asks, with the many close games in the first five weeks of this season, will it be difficult to choose contestants for second chance next year should it return? Oh, Nathan, we have been having these discussions ourselves because there have been so many second chance quality performances. The list is growing already. I want to say... I'm just going to go out and say it. Second Chance is going to be back. Wow. It was such a success in the TOC. It has proven to be a great way. We want to have the best champions on Jeopardy. That's what we want. And we're going into our our season 40 next fall will be a big year. So I'm going to go on the record. I'm going to say Second Chance will be back. And there may even be other types of competitions. This is the more conservative voice of Jeopardy saying that. Well, I did talk to Michael Davies this morning, (laughs) so I feel it's okay for me to say this. But yes, conservative Sarah Foss with the death stares. I'm Uh, saying it. Next thing you know, Sarah Foss is going (laughs) to say we're we're going to double the consolation prizes. Oh, let's not get crazy. (laughs) I wish I had the power to say that. I'm also just a producer. You know, uh, Michael Davies is the executive producer, so he could overrule anything I say right. Right now, but I'm just saying, I think this TOC and the second chance competition that led into it has just just validated why this is so important and what a difference a day can make in anyone's game. And we want to make sure that any champion that could have gone on a bigger run or could have had a bigger, better experience gets the chance to do so. And I got to say, I love a Jeopardy postseason that's more than just the Tournament of Champions, that we have this kind of lead up. The Maybe road we'll have to the TOC. The road to the TOC. Yes. We've got a couple weeks of shows um, of the second chance that get everyone hyped thinking about the TOC instead of the TOC kind of just popping out. Yes. And maybe that means we'll have Jeopardy honors again, which I had a blast at. Oh, well, I think that's going to happen too, but I won't do too many breaking <laughs> announcements for one show. All right. Great questions, Josh and Nathan. Thank you for sending them in. Listeners, as always, please keep them coming to InsideJeopardyPodcast at gmail.com. And that wraps up today's episode of Inside Jeopardy. Join us here next week as we continue to discuss the Tournament of Champions finals because they'll be over. And we'll have some <laughs> great new shows, at least three new shows with returning champion Chris Panulo coming yes. back. How many of the at least three will he possibly play in? <laughs> We're going to answer it all next week. And we are just so close, as Buzzy mentioned, to crowning our new Tournament of Champions winner. Belting? They'll get the belt from <laughs> Sam Cavanaugh. Yeah, belting or crowning. I think you're right. Will it be Amy? Will it be Andrew? Will it be Sam? We will not know. Will it go to game six? Will it go to game seven? So many questions that we will begin answering tonight, but we'll discuss next week on the pod. So as always, make sure you subscribe, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and now on TikTok. Yes. The videos are so good. You guys got to check them out. We've got millions of people watching them. You won't want to miss it. And we will see you all next week. 